Hey everybody, welcome to Lauren.Live, it's Spirituality, Health, and Lifestyle Podcast. I've got Timothy Timothy Stutz with me. How are you doing today? Hey. I'm doing wonderful, Lauren. It's so wonderful to be with you and all the listeners. Yes, I'm so glad that we've connected. Um, Tiff, Timothy has um, quite a range of gifts that he uh, shares with the universe and the world. Um, he is the creator of... Um, magical kids books and you said it was a fairy tale of the heart is that what you call fairy it ta- fairy tales of the heart fairy tales of the heart and so we're going to talk all about that he's published a ton of books um and also um you changed your career path and got into meditation and reiki um tai chi yoga so many different things and so it'll be really interesting to hear your story and how you found yourself in in the spiritual world and helping people and loving and and being more connected um so i'd love if you would just share a little bit about how you've you know changed your whole life path and, and the things that you've discovered and the wisdom that you're sharing with other people. Yes. I, I met an astrologer after, after a time where I wish I would have met him earlier, but he told me I don't change jobs. I change careers. And that's what, that's what happened. I started out as a certified public accountant and God kind of gave me some, started giving me some very clear messages that that was not my line of work. So I I woke up one morning and the first words out of my mouth when looking at my partner was, if Hershey's can make chocolate kisses, I can make chocolate French kisses. Wow. I I literally had a beautiful package made and a mold made with chocolate lips and a tongue curled out. And the people that I contracted with to manufacture the chocolate with me saw that the whole packaging looked really good and that this might really take off. So they tripled the price of manufacturing the chocolates on me. And that didn't sit too well with me. So I figured out it was cheaper to buy all the equipment to make chocolate and found somebody to teach me how to make chocolate. Mm. And it was in that chocolate shop one day that I received a box from UPS that I did not order. It was a large box. They wouldn't take it back because it had my address on it. And I opened up the box and there were 50 little teddy bears staring at me. Mm. And I picked one of those actually that, before I started carrying one with me, I actually did some investigation being a CPA and as a child loving Hardy Boy books and loving to solve mysteries. I found the people that should have had those bears and one of their representatives had smuggled a box into the country for himself and somehow got my address on it. And they gave me the whole box of bears. So I carried one of them with me in my car as a passenger. And after about doing that for two weeks, I picked it up one day at a stop sign. And I said, who are you? And he said, I'm Poet Bear. That surprised me that I actually heard an answer. And it made sense to me because I wrote love poetry. I wrote philosophical poetry, things going on in society and the world at the time. So I decided I'd put a little book of my poetry together package it in a box with the little teddy bear and call it tales of the heart. Mm. 
I got the whole package together, put it on the counter of the candy store to sell it there. And my mom took one look at it and said, you blew it. That should have been a children's book. Uh I said, yeah, mom, but there's not one line in there that's suitable for children. So, but what she had done is she somehow her words planted a seed and mom's mom seemed to know things. And six months later, literally just the entire idea for the first story came in and Poet Bear turned into Blissberry Bear, who comes from the Great Bear Constellation and a Blue Pearl Starship to help children figure out things that are going wrong in their life and give them a little different perspective and encourage them and inspire them. So that that's how I got writing children's stories. Wow. And it That's very fun. So the bear box, the mistake ended up inspiring you. Exactly. And it kind of showed me too, that by, you know, by following my heart and listening to my heart and developing those French kisses, which didn't go very, which didn't take (laughs) off. Yeah. Well, that's okay. It was a fun venture. venture. But I think it was all just to get me that little box of teddy bears. Exactly. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you wrote, you wrote the book and then how did, you know, you started selling them and then how did you start writing more? And well, the fairy, the fairy tales, um, I, I wrote the first one, found somebody to help me edit it and started to try and try to find publishers for it. And at the same time, more ideas after I finished the first story, just more ideas popped into my head, whether it was something I saw my daughter do or it it was really magical. Mm. And I started getting magical confirmations that what I was doing was the direction to take. I I was, I was finishing one story and as I was writing the last lines, which were, and she disappeared, my mother and grandmother were watching a soap opera in another room and they said, and she disappeared. Wow. Wow. That's pretty cool. And then I wrote a story about a lot about circles. And when I finished that story, I had lit a stick of incense before going to bed at night. And when I woke up in the morning, the incense had burned, but it hadn't fallen off the stick at all did concentric Mm. circles. Wow. So you were getting like signs from the universe almost. I was. And I also saw that I was not going to be a famous children's author right away. And I wasn't going to start making money (laughs) writing children's books. And so I was transitioning. You know, I had transitioned into the candy shop from being a CPA. I went back into the CPA business and it took me two weeks to discover a $2.5 million embezzlement and have a gun pointed at my chest. And that was God's way of saying, no, this is not your line of work anymore. Oh my gosh. And at the same time I had started having physical problems that I had not had in a long ever actually. And I knew I needed some sort of body work. I had never had a massage, but I called up massage therapists. And that was a conspiracy because 
I couldn't get a massage. People forgot to call me back. I finally got one with the man. I arrived at his house 10 minutes early. Somebody else, I waited in my car for the 10 minutes. I watched somebody else walk up to his door and he had double booked me. Mm. And since she walked up first, she got the massage. Mm. (laughs) But I had a weekly breakfast with some friends at that time. And one of them right after that told me his wife, who was my yoga teacher, had taken a Reiki class. I asked him what it was, and he said, I have no idea, but it felt wonderful. So I called my friend Jana up and asked her about it, and she gave me four treatments over a period of a week. And the first treatment, I felt so blissful and so peaceful when it was done. I said, I want to die like this. Hmm. And I've had the pleasure of holding over a dozen people when they have transitioned and giving them Reiki. And I I know they go out with that same bliss and peace that I experienced and a lot more. Mm -hmm. So I decided since the books weren't gonna make me a living and Reiki was so profound and the few people in my family I shared it with had wonderful experiences that I decided I wanted to teach it. Mm -hmm. So I started studying Reiki and took the initiations and classes and started practicing and teaching Reiki. That's really, really neat and touching. Wow. I've had a Reiki session before, too. It's very cool. Can you just briefly mention what what it is? Some people may not be familiar with the practice. It's very simple. After you're attuned to the energies through a series of initiations, like different practices have handed down for thousands of years, the energy literally flows. You know, it's, Mm -hmm. it's intention. It's alignment, and you place your hands on certain positions on people's bodies, and that's it. Mm. And the energy flows, and it is really magical. Mm -hmm. And I I learned so much about not being the doer (laughs) in doing Reiki treatments. Mm -hmm. And I would, there, there, was, there was a time when I wanted to really feel in every cell of my body what compassion really was. And as I started doing this Reiki treatment on somebody, Mother Mary just literally filled my entire body for the entire treatment. So I learned experientially mm-hmm. what it was like in Mother Mary's compassion. Wow, that's really cool. And, and people can use it for healing or relaxation. I feel like the gal that I went to said, um, I know people that do Reiki do different things, but um, you know she was clearing out some things that I had in a past life. So there's different things you can do in the practice, correct? Yeah, you set an intention for whatever's going on in your life. Mm-hmm. But the, inter- the it, we're using, it's universal energy. Mm -hmm. It's God's energy. Mm -hmm. It's intelligent. Mm -hmm. It knows what we need. So it goes to the root of problems. So somebody might come to you with a liver problem and the energy goes somewhere else because there's something more important going on in the liver. Mm -hmm. Um, And it is, it, it works on, it's, (laughs) it works on everything, mental, emotional, spiritual, physical, 
with the intention of bringing everything into harmony Mm -hmm. and returning us to that divine source that we are and that living experience of being the divine source. Mm. That's really beautiful. Yeah. I always throw the the words out there like universe or God or source. But, you know, when I was listening to you, um, is your perception that uh, it's all the same? Like the universal power is, is God or God is you know, the, the ultimate universal energy source divine. Does that make sense? Like to you, is I, it all the I, same? I, I use the words interchangeably. Mm-hmm. So do I. Yeah. I believe I, I, my experience is there is a divine source mm-hmm. and there's different names of God throughout all of the world. Mm-hmm. But your interpretation is just kind of, it's all the same power it's all the same power and some of you know it's like i said i felt the compassion of mother mary Uh so my experience is that we all have our unique signature from within that power so god has manifested as each one of us individually simultaneously and we all carry our unique love signature, which goes with us. What do you want to call it? Love signature, a soul signature. It identifies us energetically. Mm. So Christ energy feels much different than Mother Mary energy to me. Mm-hmm. My experience of training with different masters, each of them, their energy feels different. Their own uniqueness to it. Right. Mm. That's really cool. I know this is a little bit of a rabbit hole. We don't have to go too far, but it is intriguing to me because I've talked to so many different people that, you know, believe the same thing, like the energy source, it's all the same. And some do channel with Jesus or Mary or, you know, different Buddha. So here, obviously on earth, it's to us, it's a, either some people think it's just like a character or, or it was a historical person. Um, do you just believe that they are like outlets and guides for us? Like, you know what I mean? Like mother Mary could be available to all of us, for instance, as a guide, maybe. I I definitely believe that one of the, um, what woke me up spiritually this lifetime was my life had fallen apart in my early thirties. You know, I went to military school, I went to college, I graduated, went right to work for an international CPA firm, I got married, I had a child, I had a house, I had a wonderful job, and then it all fell apart. And I laid in bed crying for three days. And at the end of the three days, I just said, you know, I've done all of this, A, B, C, D, E, which is supposed to make you happy. And I'm not happy. Mm -hmm. I'm laying here crying and sobbing for three days. I haven't eaten. I haven't gotten out of bed. I haven't drank. And I called out to God. I said, you know, I've been praying. Now I lay me down to sleep ever since my mother taught me as a child. And God, if you exist, I need to find you. Shortly after that, I was inspired to get out of bed and stand in front of the mirror and seeing a very much thinner body than three days earlier. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I literally felt Christ behind me and saying, I will remake you in my image. Mm. 
And I really was not a spiritual person. We had Bible class in military school, and I did remember seeing angels and chariots when we sang Swing Low, Sweet Chariot. Hmm. Uh, And I remember loving to sing Jesus Loves Me. Hmm. And then I remembered the prior year when I left Hawaii on a business trip, the president of the company I was auditing, and said, if you ever need a couch to hang out on and get your head together, give me a call. And there was no better time than then to want a place in Hawaii to get my head together. So I called her up and she said, I no longer have the couch. I bought a house. You can have your own room. And so I headed off to Hawaii. She gave me a book the first night called Past Lives, Future Loves by Dick Sutphin. And I took that out in the backyard the next day and started reading it and just started crying at various places from the depths of my being. And the words I was reading were triggering things that my daughter had tried to show me, um, experiences that I had, everything started to gel. And that, that's what launched me into a spiritual seeking mm-hmm. path. Wow. I always love that, like that book, right? It was given to you by a friend. It's like it was almost like divinely placed, you know? <laughs> for you yeah yes yeah. that exact book was for me mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. I, know, I know a similar and then, um, after that go ahead oh sorry I'm I was going to say I had a similar um, experience with the Eckhart Tolle you know the power is now a new earth I don't know how I found that book. I think my mom might have been reading it, but it was after college and I was feeling very low and just not, didn't have purpose. I was in a job I was unhappy with, a relationship that ended. And I just felt like, what am I doing? And I was just in this funk. And I, same thing. I just was like, God, like, what do you want me to know? Like, what am I here? What's my purpose? And that wow. book really, wow, that book, you know, it's just super amazing and uh that was like kind of my the opening to the spirituality realm for me too so it's it's cool how that can happen yes it's uh it's so there's an inner divine timing yep Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) and i think just that asking like you were you were seeking you know this isn't working out and what do i do and Mm -hmm. We are we are so blessed, and I, I did not go looking for a spiritual path. You know, I just called out to God, and I think even getting me to that point to call out was triggered nine months before that when I took a pain pill. I took some. I took a minor amount of Valium for a small operation, and then I took a pain pill that night before going to bed. And I'm having this dream right after falling asleep and I'm driving around a mountaintop and going around a curve and there's a lady passenger with me. And I remember saying, I can't control it any longer. And the next thing I know, my eyes are wide open. I'm looking up at the ceiling and like I'm in a 1950s, 1960s movie theater, there's light coming out of my eyes like they were the movie projector and it's projecting this picture on the ceiling and the picture is the car is crashed and they're carrying our bodies away. Oh my gosh. And I, that, that just blew me away. So the next night I took another pain pill 
I have another dream. I don't remember what that dream was, but I opened my eyes and coming out the wall directly across from my bed was this man in an orange outfit with an orange knitted cap and a beard. And he kept coming in and out of the wall towards me. Hmm. And that, that was enough. Two nights in a row, I just closed my eyes and said, I'm a certified public accountant. This does not make sense. <laughs> but I think that was God literally doing something within my system and triggering something that manifested nine months later with me laying in bed and crying out to help for Mm -hmm. God. And that man coming out of the wall turned out to be my first spiritual teacher. Mm. Well, do you think were those like lucid dreams? Is that how you explain them? Um, The dream was very lucid, but when your eyes are awake and all of a sudden that was actually you're like fully conscious yeah. and you're watching a movie play on the walls. It's like, I don't know what a definition for yeah, that is. Yeah. But it sounds like you've mentioned a few times, like being able to experience things with like mother Mary, you're, um, in, you're picking things up intuitively. You're picking up things from other realms that you're hearing your voices or see things. It sounds like you've experienced that in your life. Yes, but never, never really seeking it. It's mm-hmm. like, these experiences come to me like when asking for compassion I I never expected to be filled up by Mother Mary right and what what finally led me to that meditation path was after these seminars I had been doing for a long time and I put together a week-long one where I did everything and I got all the speakers together I managed the whole thing myself and the last two nights of this week-long seminar, I did not sleep. I was up 24-7, and I laid down when the whole thing was over, and I had a friend with me, and I suddenly left my body wow. completely. I mean, I just was out of my body, had never had an experience like that, and I was aware that she thought I was dead mm. and was freaking out, and I was freaking out because I was literally watching this from outside my body and that (laughs) that experience of watching her freak out me being a little bit concerned I just that put me right back in my body Mm -hmm. and I got out of bed called up a psychologist I'd seen a few times (laughs) and said help (laughs) yeah oh my gosh Uh, and she said she'd get up and ask Baba what to do and I never heard her mention anything about Baba or anything like that and she called me back in 15 minutes and said baba says to eat something sweet which if you eat something sweet when you're in a high energetic charge it'll calm the energy down Mm. and i did that and she was she said just go back to bed after you eat something sweet but i had to take this friend to the airport and i remembered the dream of crashing the car. So mm. I was, re- and I had to go around some mountain curves to get to the airport. And I was a little concerned, mm-hmm. um, but, but did that. And then got a phone call the next morning at about five o'clock. And it was my psychologist asking me if I wanted to go chant and meditate with her. And I asked her what chanting was. I never even got to ask what meditation was. I said, what's chanting? And she told me, and I said, no, I don't sing for anybody out loud, not even in the shower, not even for myself. So 
I asked her to meet me for breakfast afterwards and she met and talked to me and gave me a book by Ram Dass, mm-hmm. gave me the name of an astrologer and gave me the name of a Hatha yoga teacher. So that, that was my introduction into that path of meditation that I eventually started to follow. Mm. Wow. You sure had some interesting experiences that led you there. <laughs> it, I, I think it's taken a lot of powerful experiences yeah. to You really needed to be up. like shaken. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. In a loving in a loving way yeah. for the most part. Yes. Yeah. But it is interesting because you know I always make jokes cuz I'm never here to push um a, th- a thought or a belief. It's it's just information and conversations, right? But you know you li- some people listening be skeptical and think like this guy was probably like hallucinating or like you said you called a psychologist like it's like something wrong with me. But I mean there are plenty of people that have stuff come through that you just can't explain through dreams, you know, experiences, visions, voices. So I think that's incredible. It's literally the universe, like, knocking on your door. Yes, and leading me from one thing to another. Right. Uh, and it sounded like you were pretty practical, like being an accountant and then really having to open your mind and switch over to a different way of thinking. And like I said, I went to military school, too. Yeah. I was <laughs> I was really regimented. Yeah. In fact, my mother, my mother said she could set a clock by my regimen from the moment I was born. She said, "You ate at ten, two, four, and six. Wow, <laughs> that's wild. Uh, wow. Okay, so you started getting into meditation and yoga, and um, and then did the books kind of continue on the side, or? How did that work? Yeah, I kept, I kept writing stories as the ideas would come, and I kept looking for publishers. And, you know, over, over the years, I found one publisher. He wrote, he, he published, I don't know if you ever heard of Ken Carey and the Starseed Transmissions. Many, many decades ago, very popular book. And I loved that book, and I, ca- I called up the publisher and he agreed to publish my children's stories. And then he called me. We had a contract signed and everything. And he called me one day and he was so excited. He said, I, I got to meet you for lunch and show you this book I'm going to publish before years. And so I met him. He showed me this book and I read it. And I, I just looked at him. And I said, this is not a children's book. You know, you have to have you have to have a college degree in math to understand what's going on in here. Mm. And it literally bankrupted him. So he never got to publish my stories. And then I met a man who worked for the publishing arm of Unity Churches. And he agreed to take a look at my stories. And so I submitted some stories and they really liked one of them. And they had me do six rewrites of this story. And after the sixth rewrite, I just get this letter back and says, you know, we can't publish your story because it has a BB gun in it. Mm. And it's like, well, it had a BB gun in it in the very first, yeah. <laughs> in the very first draft you saw. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, <laughs> mm. uh, so now, now I'm acting as my own publisher. I've had a couple of stories published, books published by Balboa Press, but mm-hmm. I do everything myself uh, available on my website. Mm, that's really neat. 
I can see, and obviously everyone can see behind you. So do you do the illustrations too? No, I have a wonderful illustrator who appeared in my life because of energy healing and meditation. And we got talking and she was a children's illustrator and a puppeteer and had taught children's art classes. And I had another illustrator before and that illustrator didn't want to do it anymore. So I was looking for an illustrator and Brenda G appeared in my life and she has, I mean, you can see from the picture, she just has a magical way of connecting with kids and it's really beautiful. That magic and beauty and innocence of the child at heart. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. For people that are just listening where the video, um, you know, part of this episode on YouTube, we, uh, Timothy has a wonderful background from one of his books behind him. So it's very beautiful. Um, that's really neat. So how do you find the inspiration for writing these books? Does it just come through to you or do you like think about it or is it a combination or? It's pretty much just total inspiration. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, I mentioned my daughter, you know, sitting on the beach one day and finding things in the sand. So I, it triggered me to think about there's so many things that are hidden in this world. No fire hides inside of wood. If you just look at a piece of wood, you don't know there's fire in there. Mm-hmm. If you see a cocoon, you don't know that there's a caterpillar that has made that cocoon and is going to come out as a beautiful moth or a butterfly. And so I wrote a story about things that are hidden and called it Hide and Go Seek. Mm-hmm. I, ideas just literally come to me. I I have a list of still another 40 or 50 stories that I want to write. 10 of them are in progress. That's incredible. The ideas just come. I I was thinking last night I went out right before bed, right before midnight, and I got up on the deck here. And in southern Spain at this time of year, if the skies are clear, the stars are so sparkling and the sky is full. And I wanted to see a shooting star. I want to see a meteor come in. And that, that was when I got on the rebounder to rebounder. It's like, man, it would be so nice to see a shooting star tonight. Two minutes later, right at midnight, from behind me in the south, directly over my head, coming in very low, was a meteor that just left a long streak wow. of brilliant blazing light and then exploded. Mm. And it reminded me one of the recent stories I wrote was um, sunshine, starshine, submarine sandwiches. So, you know, I wake up in the morning filling my body with sunshine. I go to bed at night filling my body with starshine. So in the story, you know, the sunshine is one piece of bread or whatever you put on top. And the starshine is the other piece. And the filling of this sandwich is what you do during the day. So I use that story to teach children about the origins of sandwiches and all the different types of sandwiches and what people put on them and, and then mold it into how we can start the day by filling our body with sunshine and blessings to our friends and family before we ever get out of bed. And then certain practices that anybody could do throughout the day to make their day uplifting and inspiring and recenter if they get triggered with anything and then go to bed filling your body with starshine and weave in some poetry. So ideas like that just, they pop into my head and 
That's wonderful. And I had a friend. Yeah, I had a friend who gives her nephew books every Christmas for the 12 days of Christmas. So he gets books every day for 12 days. And then on the 12th day, you know, he gets this big package, you know, super duper delivery. (laughs) And I thought that was so wonderful. And I had an idea for a story I written down years ago. I wanted to write a story about virtues. And then just before last Christmas, I was meditating one morning And all of a sudden, the idea came in to combine the story of virtues with the 12 days of Christmas. Mm. So I called it the 13th day of Christmas. And literally, I got up from meditation. I sat down in two hours. The 13th day of Christmas wrote itself Mm. pretty much in full poetry. And my graphic artist turned around a picture within two hours which he's never done before (laughs) and and so I had that available to gift people at Christmas time wow that's so cool I love it um it sounds like it's relatable for kids like with the sandwiches but then you add in like the positivity and kind of some messages and um spirituality but I'm thinking to myself maybe some adults should read these books (laughs) You know, just oh. the positive reminder to be positive and, and grateful and things you could practice throughout the day, right? Just simple ways to incorporate that. So all, all of all of my books have qualities in there that are applicable to everybody. Yeah. In fact, a, a functional medicine doctor, when she first read my book, she said, boy, th- these are just absolutely incredible for inner child work. Yes. And and to reconnect adults with the magic that's inside of them and their own inner child. Yep. I kind of thought that too. And even just looking at the artwork and some of the uh, words behind you, it's like, you know, you think back to when you were a child, you were so present and in the moment moment, and you didn't worry as much and there just wasn't as much on your plate. But like, you know, the joy that you got to experience um that, you know, sometimes as adults, we don't take the time to do that. And so such a good reminder, right? Um, we could all use a little bit more of like the whimsical and then the fairy tale and the imagination. And we need more of that balance, I think, in today's world. <laughs> we do. I, I'm actually going to do a podcast with somebody who does a podcast basically for men. Mm. And we're going to title it Fairy Tales Are For Men Too. There you go. So. Yeah, why not, right? It should be available for everybody. Uh, they are. And, you know, what, one of the things, most of my books only have beautiful cover pictures. There are no illustrations inside. Mm. And I, I studied many decades ago with Joseph Chilton Pierce, who is one of the most famous international child development experts. And Joseph said that our human ability to imagine to visualize things in our head is one of the highest achievements of mankind Mm. and that children when they're listening to a story they're developing their neural networks they're basically developing their creativity Mm. as they're listening and creating images so i did not want any pictures on the inside of the book i want children to listen to each page and create their own image without looking at what some adult has put on a piece of paper. Mm -hmm. 
And it can also create a bond, a more bonding experience with their reader, their mom, their dad, their brother, sister. And, you know, they can ask, what, what do you see happening on that page? What do you feel? Do you, you know, what, what are you, what, what are you experiencing? Mm-hmm. And they can even take the time to draw what the child's seeing and put it on paper. That's a really cool way to think about it because you're right. Like, I mean, there's a time and a place, and I think having the illustrations and visuals is great, but you're right. I mean, we all are so um, impacted by what we see, and that could shift your perception of something, right? Right. So, yeah, it, it's, I even, the, the book club I have, I have a, the children listen to a story. I have a live story time each month, and then the children listen, and for the next month, they can submit their own illustrations. Mm-hmm using whatever medium they want, you know, they can cut things out, crayons, pastels, oils, fabric, whatever they want, send in an illustration. And then out of each of the stories, I want to create an illustrated by children's book. That'd be really cool. Wow. You've had so much creative energy flowing out of you. Just, I mean, the creativity (laughs) that you have to do this is fascinating and really cool. Yes. Thank you. I wish I had 48 hours <laughs> every day. <laughs> right. Oh my gosh. Yeah. You, you have so much to, to offer and give. And I mean, um, I remember when we got connected, I was looking at your bio and how many books had, had you released? Was it like 86 at that time? I think at least when that was written. 86 and I have 10 more on the drawing wow. board. And that's fascinating. Looking forward to have the time to actually sit down and let those flow out. Yeah. And Everything, everything does flow um, in God's divine timing. I mean, there's been years where I have not written anything. And I feel like it's kind of like sports where you're training in something new and you get to a certain level and you kind of plateau out yeah. and there's a integration period. Sure. So there's integration periods within my life where I'm learning things on a deeper level that can then be communicated that I could not have communicated before. That makes sense. Well, um, I really would love to read these to my daughter. Um, Where can we find them? Uh, Everything's available at timothystutz.com. And there's a menu item for fairy tales. There's also the book club where you can get all the stories all at once or on a monthly basis mm. and participates in lives and the book club also i know parents in this day and age really need support so i'm going to have two live zooms every month for parents in the club so they can just be present and share whatever they need to share or just have a community of like-minded individuals to be with mm. that's really neat that's really nice wow I'm definitely going to check out the books and then obviously we'll put, you know, in the show notes so other people can, can read and, and check them out. Um, but before we wrap up, we have a little time. I, I always love to ask um, my guests, what is your interpretation of what is happening in the world? Because it is such a chaotic time. Um, do you feel like, you know, like paradigms are shifting? Do you feel like we're healing and we have to let go of old ways or like what, what is just your interpretation of all this craziness from kind of a spiritual angle? Uh, 
I feel we are most definitely in a paradigm shift that life as any of us knew it is rapidly changing and will never return. We are moving into an unknown that is really unknown. And the only way to really know how to navigate what's happening is to be able to tune into your heart and connect with that that inner knowing, no matter what you call it, Mm -hmm. and trust that divine guidance and let it guide you for your part to play in what's happening, where to be in what's happening, and just connect in with the love that you are. You know, it, if anybody had asked me 40 years ago, if they had told me all the changes I would have to go in my, through in my life when I started to meditate and everything that would literally disappear from my life, and they told me, well, you can, you can that's no big deal because you'll have a peaceful mind. You know, I couldn't relate to a peaceful mind, so I'm not going to give up something for something I can't relate to. Right. But literally, I live life. My mind doesn't think unless I want it to think. I literally see the world as beautiful, sparkling, crystal white light, and the world is superimposed on it. And I can focus and see like I used to see, but if I just, if I just am, then... I just see sparkling light and the world is superimposed on it. I'm calm. My mind is clear. And that's what allows these ideas for the stories to come in because there's nothing else up there clogging it up. Mm. You know, I'm not, I'm not thinking over and over and over again. So at over, I'm, I'm seven. I just turned 71 not too long ago. I no pain, no pain in my body, no medications. I'm loose. I'm limber. That's great. My creativity keeps getting better and better. And, you know, two years ago, I started turning out stories that were rhyming. And I never wrote rhyming stories before, but all of a sudden, everything just wants to come out in rhyme. And it's so cool. And I thought, you know, if all of us would only speak in rhymes, we would have to slow down, (laughs) be very careful with what we said. and connect more from our heart. So Mm. that's a long way of answering your question, but yes, connect in with the heart constantly and do whatever you need to do to calm the chatter, to be able to do that, to navigate and in the perfect place at the perfect time with the perfect people experiencing the perfect peace and love that you are in every moment. Wow. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, I was going to kind of ask, like, okay, so how do you, like, deal with it? But you kind of explained that. And so I do, I agree. I mean, there's just so much being thrown at us in the media and social media if you're on it or just, you know, with friends and family and our culture and society and and get very overwhelming. And I think you're right. I mean, like, our true, I believe, like, our true source energy and soul, like, we, we really need to look within more, our intuition and and listen to our hearts and, you know, everyone has different ways of getting there. Like we were talking about before, before, maybe you pray to Mary, maybe you pray to Jesus, maybe you pray to Buddha, maybe you don't believe in any of that. That's fine. I think each of us has some 
some, something available for us that we need in this life. Right. And so, exactly. you know, I think really it does take some practice though. You know, I have to remind myself often like to come within and just pause and cause this is, there's so much going on. <laughs> it, it does, it does take practice and, you know, the simplest thing for people to start doing if they don't do any practice is, you know, just walking from room to room. Instead of thinking about what you just did or what you're going to do when you get to the next room, just focus on your breath and your feet mm-hmm. and take some time. And when you don't have to think, when you find your mind just you know, turning circles, give it something positive to think about and preferably some name of God that resonates with you. And if it's not a name of God, just peace. I am love. And also to everybody that I've ever met has had some sort of incredible physical experience at some time in their life. You know, whether it's been triggered by making love or triggered by food or triggered by alcohol or whatever triggered it, you've had physical experiences. And if you just take the time to constantly remember what that feels like, Mm. it becomes part of you. You know, what's it like when your body is just vibrating? Remember it. Mm -hmm. And then you don't need any outer trigger. You can simply experience it at will. That's fascinating. Yeah, that is the power of the of your belief and um, yeah, just breathing or slowing down. It can be very simple practices. Yes, we all we all we all contain and have at our um control demand it's available to us anytime we all have the full power that all those masters buddha christ every one of us we have that power or like access maybe we all have the ability to access it Mm -hmm. and we just have to remember that yeah and remember who we are Mm -hmm. you know one of my stories is called please remember <laughs> that's what I'm trying to do because man this veil it's hard to shake this veil sometimes I'm telling you <laughs> oh I, I I agree with that I um when I was training to be a Reiki master my Reiki master's husband was studying Gestalt doing his doctorate in Gestalt and at that time ecstasy was legal for therapists to use with people And people could take, you know, one little tab of ecstasy and move through 20 to 30 years of trauma. Wow. And he shared that with me. And I thought, wow, you know, at the time, I literally felt I was looking through a veil. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, it was like there was me on one side and everything else on the other side. And so I took ecstasy on a guided trip with him with the full intent of seeing through that veil. And it turned out to be a nine hour experience that led me to ultimately taking Tai Chi and doing Mm. my body, doing some spontaneous yoga positions that I couldn't even imagine getting into. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it was absolutely incredible. And I saw through the veil, I saw through what I needed. And it was the, 
one and only time I ever took ecstasy. I meditated on it for a mm-hmm. week after I thought about it and I would never do it again. I'd never take any substance again yeah. because I found that it's all within us and we don't need those things. And right. That's yeah. nicely said. Yeah. I and mean, that's a whole nother episode, but I've, you know, you hear a lot about like DMT or like uh, hallucinogenics are used, um, you know, ayahuasca and I've never tried any of those. Um, but people love them and have spiritual experiences on them. And obviously that also drugs can have, obviously, as we know, very dangerous effects too. Let's clear. We got to say that since we're on pod, we're not saying to take drugs. Don't, don't do that. No, but, like, <laughs> but you know, people do have, um, opening experiences, but I like how you're bringing it back to, you don't need them to experience that. You were just shown something, which then showed you, you could, ex- you could access that without. Yeah. It's like, you know, everybody in the world, we all know at the core of our being, what love feels like. We're all searching for love. Mm-hmm. Most of us weren't taught where to find it. And so if alcohol makes you feel good, you, you have some, it's like, wow, this feels really good. Mm-hmm. Not knowing that you can get it in another way. Sure. So you, you don't keep doing the alcohol. Otherwise it turns into something that's <laughs> very detrimental. Yeah. And the same, the same with anything that anybody's doing, you can get hooked on it. Mm-hmm. Um, so people might be saying they're doing things for a spiritual experience and they keep doing it over and over. Well, that's actually negating them and stopping them from having a more fuller Mm. experience without that. Because as long as we're relying on anything to give us that ongoing experience of who we are, we're not going to get there. Right. Because you had to take that to get there. And so maybe like, you know, you doing it once or people trying ayahuasca once and they do have this source godly, you know, experience. That's Uh great. But then maybe that, then they can learn to do that without it. That whole thing is you don't need a substance to get there. You're right. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. Like you said, spend the time and spend the time and practice meditating, (laughs) practice, just breathe. Yeah. Feel your heart Mm -hmm. and connecting with connecting with God and however God exists for you with, that intention and and you'll get your magic. Yeah. It does take practice though, because it, you know, of course our culture is so obsessed with fast results. So it's hard to, <laughs> to um, sit down and meditate or like you, like you said, and what I, I always say, like there are ways to meditate without literally sitting for 30 minutes like this. I mean, you can do it while you're washing your dishes. You can, like you said, you could watch yourself or like, I, I've been doing this where I'll observe myself observing somebody else or something like, you know what I mean? Uh-huh. You're almost out of your body watching yourself watch my daughter. And that's a form of yeah. appreciation and meditation. I never knew you could do that. And then I start doing that, right? So there's ways uh-huh. to incorporate presence and consciousness in simple ways, yeah. looking at the trees and appreciating them, you know, breathing. Like it's very simple, but you got to remember yeah. to do to do it sometimes. Like you said, being present every moment. If you're washing dishes, you're washing dishes. You know what that water feels like. You know what it hears, what you're hearing. Mm-hmm. You're totally there. You're not thinking about what you're going to do next right. <laughs> or or what the doing the dishes is keeping you from doing right. what you really want to do. <laughs> yeah, I need that reminder because I've been 
you know, well, she's out of that phase now, but all the, washing all the bottle parts that took forever every night, uh-huh. every single night, very monotonous. But I also remind myself, you have milk to give her, you have bottles to feed her. This is, you can turn it into a gratitude practice, right? If you have a sink full of dishes, that means you have food to eat and a family to feed. That's a blessing, right? So, I mean, there's always ways to spin things, but got to remember. <laughs> yeah, and, and being a mom is like, the, the highest service on earth there is, you know, it's just. It's a lot of work, but it's the greatest joy and gift you could give. Yeah. Yeah. I remembered when I was 40, I just, at one point I had this remembrance of my mom and it, it's like, I just suddenly felt more gratitude than I had ever felt that after taking care of us all day, working all day at another job, you know, she would stay up till one or two in the morning, ironing my, uniform for military school and i just thought oh my god the dedication she had to make sure that i got to school with a clean and ironed uniform let alone everything else she did wow (laughs) it it is amazing yes Mm -hmm. oh my goodness well i've truly enjoyed this conversation and i i can feel it and see it in you and through your books but also just you like the light that you're shining so Thank you for giving that to the world and your positivity and love because, you know, we need it. (laughs) So thank you for your work. Oh, thank you for you, Lauren, and for creating this space for people to share, for people to learn and to reconnect us with one another. Thank you so much. That's an honor. I I feel so blessed to be able to do it. It's it's very fun for me, but, you know, it's I hope people get something out of it. So thank you for being here. And so we've got your, we mentioned your website. We'll put that on the show notes for everybody. And are you on social media at all? Or do you just prefer people to go to your website? Um, I'll send you some links for the social media too. Facebook and Instagram, mostly on Facebook. And I'll send you a link for a wonderful free webinar I've designed for parents called Three Magic Wands for more creative, happier, and empowered children. Awesome. We need that. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> well, everybody, thanks for listening. And um, you can catch me on Instagram at Real Lauren Live or my website, Lauren.live. And again, just check out the show notes so you can uh, go and read and, and look at the covers of Timothy's wonderful books. <laughs>